So, today is what? Third? No, Friday? No, Thursday, <laughs> September 3rd. Since this month has started, let me tell y'all, I'm like, what day is it and what date is it? I have no clue. Uh, so yes, today is Friday, September 3rd, 2021. And I was just scrolling on Instagram and I saw something that, uh, irked, irked my nerves. So I'm going to talk about it. And it's not everybody's, let me just go ahead and tell y'all that some of y'all, uh, that listen to my podcast may feel some type of way about my opinions and thoughts, but that's for you to, you know, work out on your own praise the lord i can admit that sometimes i'm wrong or what have you but uh i know for a fact that i just think differently um and so we'll just go from there so anyway so this young lady uh made a post that says i've been told before to check my privilege and she's caucasian by the way she says to be honest it took me a long time to understand I thought that growing up in poverty and a single immigrant mother made me not privileged. I was wrong. And then that's the cap. That's the uh, Instagram like post. And then she, and underneath she continues. She says, I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. I've been asked to check myself more than once. And I'm glad I was because I had a lot to learn. I still do. Personal choices do impact your money. And yes, it can be inspiring to focus on what you can control. But I do realize that pushing an aggressive personal responsibility narrative outright dismisses privilege. Getting to where I am is not just a little bit of elbow grease, side hustles, and hard work. I am privileged. She says, I'm a white woman who grew up in California. I had access to clean water. I got a full academic scholarship. And had zero student loans. I had a single mom who talked to me about money. I could go on. Personal choice is very real. Personal choice is very real. But giving personal choice 100% credit to where I am today could would be wrong. I am someone who believes that the choices we make are important. But not every choice is available to everyone. There are systems in place that allow for unfair advantages, and that makes for real limits for people. This isn't to say that choices aren't important, but just to say that some people like myself have access to more of them. Pretending these limitations or privileges don't exist, I've come to realize that can be really damaging, especially since we are not taught money to the point where it seems like people are set up to be uninformed. My financial well-being is tied to the privileges I have. I fail to understand that more than enough times. Therefore, my goal on my page is to simply share what I know so you can take what works for you. In order to help bridge the gap, I will provide different examples. I will provide examples for different income levels, different starting points. Privilege exists. Privilege privilege impacts your finances. Lord, I can't even talk. Privilege exists, period. Privilege impacts your finances. To be quite honest, I don't know how to address my privilege in every single post. And let me just insert... uh, sis you don't have to okay please do not fall for this black victimized drama nonsense of black people suffer and white people got it made please don't because girl lord i know how to educate make infographics give options with realizing that these options won't be for everyone in fact none of my posts will be for everyone choices are only part of the equation privilege matters I'm still learning. And then she says, talk money to me. Talk money to me at her, uh, what you call it, thing. Okay. 
her uh, Instagram handle. So anyway, y'all, this, oh my goodness, I know a handful of people who feel the way I do. And I just, listen, you might unfollow me after this. You might feel some type of way, but I know that the Lord gave me a burning desire to just be the one that's different. And it's not that I'm trying to be different just for the heck of it, but I just, I don't subscribe to the nonsense of black people have had it so, so bad and so, so hard that, you know, we, we always have to make the lack of or the disparities that we've experienced, we always got to make it the focal point. Well, you got to understand that the reason why you got what you got white person is because you got white privilege. Privilege. Do I believe that there is a such thing? Um, Yeah, to a certain degree, I do. However, I don't harp upon it every chance I get. I don't make that the focal point of my life or anybody's life. I, I can't because I understand that as a believer in Christ that we are to know no man after the flesh. And that scripture, does, that scripture, let me look that up real quick. Because as believers, we're new creatures in Christ. So our thoughts become different. Our actions become different. What we dwell on becomes different. We we are to know no man after the flesh. We are not to categorize ourselves after, well, you know, you're this and I'm this. And so, you know, white people need to understand what black people are going through. Y'all, y'all need to check y'all's privilege at the door. Y'all need to, you know, have this, this, you know, this sort of like hang your head in shame um, and, and understand our plight. And I'm not saying that we aren't supposed to be sympathetic to others' needs or others' stories or what have you. I, I get that. I'm not a heartless fool that's just like, you know, no, you know. But y'all leave these white people alone. Y'all leave these white people alone because y'all got white people out here denying or or not denying. What am I trying to say? Y'all got white people out here bowing and scraping to y'all because they don't fully even understand that why y'all upset at like yeah like and I maybe I don't haven't done a lot of research on this so this is just me talking out the side of my neck but I mean I dare say that many countries were built off the backs of slavery i don't know i I literally don't know i'm just talking i I don't know i have not researched it i don't know so i don't want to make that fact however i believe 100 percent that like at least one other country other than america was built off the back of slavery so america is not new or like the like the flagship country for like or the only country that has built its uh built what it has built off the backs of slavery um i i like i said i i know that it happened and i know that it's real and racism is real and that you know there are instances many instances where people don't like you just because you black or you know they just can't see you know they can't see that they just can't get with with black folks or they can't get with treating black folks equally. There'll always be people like that. There'll always be somebody in the backwoods, even in front of your face, that, that feels that way. And I, I'm very aware of that. However, I don't allow that to define my life as a Christian, y'all. And that's the thing. We have to stop 
judging each other after the flesh. We call ourselves Christians, but you know, it's just always about, you need to check your privilege as a white person. You need to do this. You need to do that. I mean, yeah, if a white person says something out of pocket, I'm going to be like, look, come on now. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, um, there's a couple instances. Okay. I'm getting off track. I'm supposed to be looking at the scripture, right? So give me a second. Couple things that happened. Um, okay. So I'm going to tell these two things. Then I'm going to look up the scripture, right? Okay. So boom. So I, um, I was a CNA a few years ago at the hospital, at a particular hospital. And, um, I was working with this young, young man. He wasn't young. He was like probably 50 something. He was sick. I mean, this man was sick as a dog. He was a very sick man that was on his way out the door. Hello. If you know what I mean, he was finna, he was finna die soon. So anyway, I'm like, uh, I was, I was, um, Cause what you have in the hospital, sometimes you have to have certain patients that need to be sat with. And those of y'all that have been in, you know, the medical world anytime know that, you know, sometimes certain patients need a sitter, what they call a sitter, because they can't keep still, they keep pulling stuff out, they keep trying to jump out the bed or what have you. So anyway, this one particular gentleman, I was sitting for him one day. And so sitting with him, I guess. And then he said, what did he call me? I'm uh, just a warning. I say the word nigga. Or nigger. So just get your mind right. If you don't want to hear that, I already said it. But uh, I'm just, I'm just telling. You, if you want to pause right here, pause right here, because I'm gonna say it. Um, and so this man called me. I think he want. I want to say he called me a some kind of nigger. A nigger. No, he didn't say nigger. He said n i g g e r. He said he said it with the hard r. And um, I looked at him and I laughed. I think I think he called me something else before he said that, but. Yeah. So anyway, later on, I think um, on Facebook, I wrote that that happened to me. You know, I just wrote it. I wasn't like crying or like, I, it was funny to me. Like, I didn't take offense to it. I didn't say I was, because this man was out of his mind crazy. He was, he like I said, he was finna die. So he probably just didn't care. But um, I had wrote something on Facebook about it earlier. I mean, later later that day or the next day, and people were just like, oh my gosh. Oh, they were like bugging out. They were freaking out for me. They were just like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And I'm like, I, I wasn't expecting that reaction from people. Like they were seriously like, like concerned, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Like, like that was not even an issue for me. Like what? Like I wasn't tripping. Like I thought it was funny. Because, like, okay, and, and, you know what I'm saying? But I understand that, you know, there are certain people who feel differently because, you know, they've experienced that over and over and that's very personal for them and they don't like that because, you know, of what our ancestors went through and how, you know, certain Caucasians, and I'm not going to say every Caucasian because, hello, every Caucasian was not for slavery. Hello, let's, you know, we got to remember things like that. Every Caucasian was not for slavery. Every Caucasian was not here beating on black people and causing black people harm. Not everyone that, that you know what I mean? So, um, there's that thing. And then I was out in the park one day, maybe like a couple years later or like a next year later walking by, um, just while I was walking with someone and we were walking by this white girl and I think her black friends or whatever. And so then she says, nigga, just walking by. And then I looked over and she like, <gasps> like her eyes got big. And I was like, girl, you okay? Like, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm different. I don't know. I'm just built differently. God built me differently. And I just, certain things that people get pissed off about, like, I mean, I don't know. Like I just wasn't, 
I wasn't upset. Like, it didn't make me feel some type of way that she said that. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I'm built differently. I don't know how to, how to, you know, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with that. Um, But I just don't like the fact that we make white people feel, I mean, I get, I guess I get the sentiment that we want black people, we want white people to understand. We want them to have this understanding of, you know, where we've been and where we're going or where colored people have been, you know, and where they're going. I get that to a certain degree. I get it, but it's become this monster of its own to where it just has, you know, well, you know, you, you, you got to let all these white people know to check their privilege. And now y'all got white people coming around, you know, Telling the other white friends, y'all need to check y'all's privilege. Now they, you know, they're coming to us. Other black people talking about you're, 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 you know, you're. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're oppressed. You're oppressed. Like baby, if you, if you don't get out of my face, you finna be oppressed. Because I mean, I'm I'm not a fighter, you know. But if I have to, have to, you know, I pray that I will do it with my, you know, do what I need to do. But if you don't get out of my face, with that nonsense, let me tell you how you been brainwashed by folks. To think that your whiteness is a problem. To think that your, you were created the color that you were by God and all of a sudden your whiteness is a problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need a white person to fight for me. I don't need a white person to go to the courts and stand up for me and, you know, and do all of these things for me. And, and to, you know, I, you know, stand in front of me if, if the police gets in the way so that the police won't, you know, the police will hurt or kill the white person, but not me. You know what I mean? Like. What, baby? And now y'all got the police scared. I'm, I'm finna go on a tangent. But now y'all got the police scared to death to do their job. The good ones. Not the bad ones. The good ones. Y'all got the good good police officers scared to do their job. Oh, you know, if I take out my gun, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to get beat black and blue first before I shoot this person. You come up on a situation where you don't know the whole story. You've been told what you've been told. By, by the dispatcher, but you don't even know if that's true because the person that related could have been lying or could have been whatever, the, you know, whatever. And now you run up on a situation and you're like, okay, you know, in your mind, you're like, okay, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You, I can't imagine what runs through the police officer's heads when they have to come up on and scene. you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, you got some crook, yeah, you got some crooks, yeah, you got some racist cops, yeah, you got cops that would love nothing, that would love nothing more than to use their power to abuse whoever. But I just I just have a more of a open mind about certain things and I like that and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm glad that God has gave me given me that wisdom and insight. However, y'all, we gotta I don't wanna talk too long because people don't listen after like ten minutes. So let me shut my mouth. Um let me shut my mouth. So what time is it? Okay, I'm already at fifteen minutes, so I better wrap this up. But what I want to say is that, uh, I don't know what, I lost my train of thought, y'all. Yeah, you know, I I mean, yeah, should there be reform in some ways? Probably. But y'all, oh, I'm supposed to look up the scripture too. Um, But reform is not the answer, y'all. Because it seems like the people of God are so focused on having some sort of, you know, worldly, earthly um, answer for everything. Like, don't y'all understand that the Bible talks about the last days? Don't y'all understand that the Bible talks about there will not be peace on earth? I see Christians 
or, you know, people who claim to be Christians posting about, you know, I can't wait till every, you know, we, you know, we all work together one day and we all get unity, you know, one day. And I'm like, baby, y'all don't, do y'all not read the Bible? Do y'all not understand that Jesus said that this earth is going to pass away and everything in it? Do y'all not understand that the things of this earth are going to, you know, just that the world, the world is groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. Don't y'all read y'all's Bible. Like y'all are looking for earthly, um, earthly remedies to solve a spiritual issue. You know what I mean? Y'all are looking for police reform and let's just march until we get what we want. I mean, yeah, Martin Luther King marched and, you know, things changed. And I'm not saying that things won't change. And I'm grateful because of him, you know, God, you know, allowing him to do what he did, you know, broke a lot of barriers that I don't have to suffer certain things because of what MLK did. And I listen, you know, I, I'm grateful for that. However, I don't carry a proverbial chip on my shoulder and anger, you know, towards white people. I don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't want them to see, you know, I don't, you know, try to, you know, do my, you know, level best as the old folks say to try to make them understand my point of view or my situation or, you know, how black people must feel. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'll ever feel that strongly about this. I don't know. I, I may, or I may not, but I just know that I do not want any white person to feel sorry for me. I don't want any white person to feel like they have to try to bend over backwards to, to, to prove anything to me that they're not racist or that they're not listening. I'll know if he racist or not. I'll find out. I'll figure it out. And if I do figure it out, my first thing is to say, listen, let me share Jesus with you. Let me, let me tell you about a man named, let me, do you know Jesus? That's my first thing. You know what I mean? Like I, we, we, we get so upset and, and, and go to these rallies and we want to, you know, tell people, oh, the preaching about Jesus. That's not the time for that. That No, no, no. We don't got time for that. We, we, we need to, we need to, you know, address the real issue, which is, you know, police, you know, uh, police brutality and white on black crime and we need to protest you know our black brothers and sisters being killed in the street unarmed and we we think that that's the main issue but baby y'all are missing the real issue which is the sin sick soul of man that's the real issue so if y'all start preaching the gospel out here at these rallies and stop going in your anger upset that another person died now listen let me tell you something if somebody did something wrong you know, there's consequences for wrong. It's like now we're scared to give people the consequences for their for their sin. We're scared to give people the consequences for their wrongdoings. Like if cousin Boo Boo and them was out there robbing people and got, you know what I mean? Like, and I get the people say, well, Dylan Roof got this, but this black person over here got that. You know what I'm saying? How, that's not fair. That's not fair. Like I get it. But at the same time, I don't focus on that. I don't dwell on that and I don't let that bother me and make me feel like somehow, you know, my people have it worse because of it. Like, I don't, I don't see it like that. I don't, I, I, I can't make myself be angry about that. Like, I just can't, um, you know, if my cousin and them did something wrong and they got shot to death because they got caught in the act of whatever it is, guess what, baby? Okay, I hate it for you, but my first instinct is not to go get on live TV talking about see if if it was a white person, if it was a white person, then they 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 wouldn't have been shot. It would have they would have got big, they would have got Burger King. Y'all remember Dylan Roof? He he got Burger King, and my my cousin didn't even get a chance. He didn't even get baby. Shut. 
you know what? I hate it for her, but the police had to do their job. Maybe they did have guns on them. Maybe they didn't. But they was out here robbing stores. They was out here committing crimes. Listen, sometimes God gives us second chances and sometimes the, the consequences of our sin come swiftly. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it comes swiftly. And I I don't know. Like I said, I haven't done a whole lot of research on it, but I know what I think. And I know, you know, thoughts and attitudes of, of other people, you know, from their from their Facebook and Instagram posts and just stuff I've heard just floating around. So I I I I I just I just stand with a different view of things. I don't I don't come in that anger. I don't come in that, you know, well, you know, people are, you know, we just black people, we just we just we so un we just so underprivileged, you know. You know, okay, I didn't learn about money when I was growing up. I mean, I dare say anybody that has listened to that program, I, if ten people are listening to my podcast, maybe only two of y'all, maybe two of y'all out of the ten, um twenty percent actually learned about finances, learn how to, you know, handle your finances properly. My mom, she, she did what she could. She, you know, taught me how to write checks. She taught me about, um, I see I'm getting off on another tangent. I'm doing too much. I'm supposed to look at the scripture. No, no man after the flesh. But, uh, she taught me what she, you know, knew to t- teach me, but you know, I, I was not a natural saver. I remember my first job. I don't know what I did with my money. I don't remember how to have a clue. I just, just wasn't a, a saver. I just kind of spent. So, um, no, and that, you know, I didn't learn, you know, we didn't, money wasn't freely, freely talked about around the dinner table. That wasn't something we talked about, you know? Um, but my mom, like I said, she did what she could, you know, if she said, if you get a $500, if you get a credit card, you know, get a limit on it and stick to that limit. You know what I'm saying? She, she taught me that, which I don't even have a credit card and I don't even deal with credit cards. Cause I had one before I had one and I, yeah, I think I got up to maybe like 1400 bucks and I was like, you know what? It had to be the Lord. Like cut this thing off, shut it down, cut it up and pay it off and don't spend it no more. You know what I'm saying? Cause I was getting happy. I was like, Oh, I got money. Like, Ooh, like since you do got to pay that back, you know? So anyway, um, yeah, but anyway, that was that. All right, so okay, yeah, sorry about this pause, y'all. Second Corinthians, so Second Corinthians, chapter five. Yeah, so this is a this is a good place to pull out our word, um, and to really learn how to you know seek the Lord for ourselves instead of letting the pastor's sermons be the only thing that we go by. Pastor ain't even right. And that's why we get so upset when people come for our pastors because we we focused on them as a person and that we don't really question what they say. We don't really question if what they're saying is true because they're so charismatic. They're so fun. They tell a story. They make us laugh. Oh, they can't be wrong. They can't be teaching nothing wrong. Y'all better stop believing everything your pastors say and you better get in your word for yourself and ask the Holy Spirit is this because a lot of that stuff is prosperity garbage. A lot of that stuff is just a bunch of human effort and, you know, just, you know, it, it's not an uncomfortable gospel. A lot of people preach. People don't want to preach the gospel anymore. It's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable to preach the real gospel because it's going to offend somebody. Um. Anyway, I'm still talking ain't it, y'all. Good gracious. Awaiting the new body. Second Corinthians five. This is the. You know what? I'm gonna do amplify just for the. 
my aunt uses amplified so and they be like hitting hard they be explaining everything so all right second corinthians 5 all right y'all make sure y'all follow along don't take my word for it because i could be lying so that's how we get deceived that's how we stay deception because we just take people's word for stuff and we don't be like the Bereans and search the scriptures, uh, search the scriptures for ourselves. For we know, verse one, that if the earthly tent, our physical body, okay, is in Second Corinthians, um, is about what Paul is about. What Paul? It's about uh, Paul wrote. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, the 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 church at Corinth, um, because let me see. He, he wrote this letter to correct what he saw as erroneous views in the Corinthian church. And this is Google, literally, literally Google why Paul wrote Corinthians. Um, uh, he wrote this epistle to the members of the church in Corinth um, to comfort them in the midst of affliction, for to give them strength in the midst of weakness. And for them to discern true teachers from false ones, because those people were coming and saying, "Oh, you know, you you gotta you gotta still be circumcised. You know, we're we're Jews, but you know, be saved. But also, you still gotta get that piece of skin cut off. So, you know, you got grown men out here going to get circumcised. The Gentiles, the Gentiles. Like now, y'all saved. Now y'all gotta come. You know, y'all gotta come get that get that skin. You know what I'm saying? Because we still gotta hold to the traditions. You know what I'm saying? Jesus has made us free. However, you still gotta come over here and do you know this little bit over here. And um, you know, Paul was like, oh, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Let me make sure though. Okay, Paul wrote Second Corinthians. This is Insightful Living, which is I used to listen to this on the Bible Broadcasting Network growing up. Um, Chuck Swindoll. Uh, he wrote Second Corinthians at a vulnerable time in his life. Paul did. He had learned that the church at Cor Corinth was struggling, and he sought to take action to preserve the unity of that local body of believers. The letter is riddled with personal comments as Paul revealed details about the persecution he had suffered for the sake of Christ, as well as about a mysterious thorn in the flesh that kept him reliant on God. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the church at Corinth had been recently struggling with divisions and quarrels, but for a majority of the believers, the problem had been solved by the time Paul wrote Second Corinthians. Many had repented of their sinful ways and had come back into unity with one another and with the leadership of Paul. But Paul still felt the need to articulate a defense of his apostleship and his message. Some in the church had apparently taken his weakness among them to be a sign of moral weakness or lack of authority. So Paul was like, I'm finna let y'all know, baby. Um, that ain't he basically was saying I'm not the one, right? Um Yeah, we have to be able to forgive each other and um we hurt each other and we need to be able to forgive those who wrong us. Mm. Jesus, that's a message. That's that's a that's a that's a the one for me. Forgiving somebody that even a perceived hurt, like learning how to be humble enough to open my mouth and say, "Hey, that hurt. Hey, I didn't like that. Hey, I felt this way about you, or something you did or said that may not even be, have been applied directly to me, but I took on that offense unnecessarily." Um. So um. 
and disunity we supposed to strive we're supposed to strive for for unity in the body of christ but there are times when the word just the word is a division causer like the word is a division causer don't unity means you know if there's something that you said or did that you know that was a true offense then you know i need to come to you but sometimes we think that if the bible doesn't make us feel good or if a certain scripture is uncomfortable we don't like it and when people tell us that we think that 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 you know oh that's the problem you know you sometimes there won't be unity and that's okay sometimes the word is the word will cause division when your friends leave you when you first get saved and they don't want to hang around you no more because you're different that that doesn't it can't be unity there because the world and the, the 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 people of god are different there there's a there's a distinct difference there so there won't be unity in that way and that's fine um but anyway let me go back to this scripture. This is longer than I expected it to be. So here we go. Okay. For we know that if the earthly tent, 2 Corinthians 5, our physical body, which is our house, is torn down through death, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our immortal, eternal, celestial dwelling, so that by putting it on, Putting on our earthly, no, by putting on our heavenly, I believe, talking about the heavenly uh, dwelling, we will not be found naked. Hello. For while we are in this tent, we groan. We're being burdened, often weighed down, often oppressed. Not that we want to be unclothed, not that we want to be separated by death from the body, but to be clothed so that what is mortal, the body, will be swallowed up by life after the resurrection. Now, he who has made us and prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Holy Spirit, which is a pledge, a guarantee, or a down payment on the fulfillment of his promise. So then, being always filled with good courage courage and confident hope, and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. Also, please stop using for we walk by faith, not by sight out of context. <clears throat> People love doing that. We love using that scripture, just putting it anywhere and in anything for no reason. We got to learn how to get back to reading things in context and talking about scriptures in the context that they were actually made to be in. That's another post for another day. Anyway, uh, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Um, we live our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. We are, as I was saying, of good courage and confident hope and prefer rather to be absent from the body and be at home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are at home on earth or away from home and with him, it is our constant ambition to be pleasing to him. Wait a minute. Hold up, y'all. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to just read the whole thing because we need to get back to reading the full scripture and stuff. Because we don't, we just go to that one scripture and we just say, well, that's what it's saying. It's like, no, go back and talk about the whole thing and, you know, take that time. If they want to listen, they'll listen. If they don't want to listen, then that's on them. But explain the whole thing. Um, Yeah, so it is our constant ambition to be pleasing to him. For we believers will be called to account and must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be repaid for what has been done in the body, whether good or bad. That is, each will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, the use or misuse of his time, opportunities, and abilities. Oh, my Lord. Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord, Corinthians, and we understand the importance of obedience and worship, we persuade people to be reconciled to him. 
This is what we should be doing, being persuading. If anything, if we should be persuading anybody to do anything, saying to God, we should be persuading people to be reconciled to God. And that doesn't mean just do that for white racist people, people with white privilege. That means everybody. It means your black brothers and sisters. That means your own family. Tell them about Jesus. Don't be so focused on getting white privilege checked and, you know, trying to make, you know, white people understand how much, you know, white people have hurt black people over these. That should not be your focus and your goal. Not as a Christian. No, sir. No, ma'am. I know nobody told you this before, but it, it, hey, I'm here with the truth. I'm here with the truth. I'm here with the truth. No, there is no reason why we as black people should be spending our time Christian black folks. I'll say not, not just Christian in name only, but for real, like save set apart for real, for real, like living for Jesus for real. Like there's no reason why we should be so focused in hell bent on being, you know, shit, this, this whole race thing. If your first thing out of your mouth is check your white privilege and not, do you know, Jesus, because that's where it starts and everything else will take care of itself once you get to that issue. But anyway, we are plainly known to God. He knows everything about us. This is verse 11. And I hope that we are plainly known also in your consciences, your God-given discernment. We are not committing ourselves to you again. This is Paul and... Um, I don't know who else Paul is talking about, but he says, we, we are not committing ourselves to you again, Corinthians, but are giving you an occasion to be rightfully proud of us so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in outward appearances. Yeah. So that you will have an answer for those who take pride in outward appearances, the virtues they pretend to have rather than what is actually in the heart. If we are out of our mind, just unstable fanatics, as some critics say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for your benefit. For the love of Christ controls and compels us because we have concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all so that those who live would no longer, longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for their sake. So from now on, we regard no one from a human point of view, according to worldly standards and values. Though we have known Christ from a human point of view, now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. But all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation so that by our example, we might bring others to him. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but canceling them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That is restoration to favor with God. All these things are from God, verse 18, I'm going back to verse 18, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He did that. He, he reconciled us to himself and then he said, hey, I saved you. I'm giving you the ministry of reconciliation so that by our example, we might bring others to him. That should be the goal of, of the believers. That should be our solid soul goal. I understand everybody's different. I understand people have different passions and different um, values and different, you know, so I, I, I can't say that the way I think is the only way or the right way as far as, you know, this whole Black Lives Matter, you know, white privilege type of thing. Um, but what I do know is that our chief goal 
um, as believers, if he told the Corinthians this, then it, it's not any different for us. What is your ministry? Your ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus reconciled us to himself. So, hey, again, like I said, this is what y'all do, drawing others to, to Jesus Christ. So that God, it, uh, uh, that is, verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but canceling them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation that is restoration to favor with God. That, that, I mean, that's it. That's the tweet. So it's like, what, two more verses and I'm about to read those. So we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. We as Christ representatives plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. This, this, this is it. This is it. You know, be reconciled to God. Don't fix these worldly problems. Yeah, I mean, fix them, but don't fix them at the same time. Don't, don't, don't focus on them. If you know what I'm saying, don't, don't let that be your, your focus. He made Christ who knew no sin to judicially be sin on our behalf. So that in him, we would become the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable to him and placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious loving kindness. And that was all 21 verses of 2 Corinthians 5. And so, yeah, if y'all are still listening, which y'all probably ain't because it's about 40 minutes at this point. Literally 37 minutes and 20 seconds right now. <laughs> um, Yeah. The gospel can take care of any and everything the gospel will take care of any and everything but we have to as the christians put it out there we can't in our frustration and anger you know tell other people that now is not the time for that we can't you know as as believers you know poo poo other people that that say hey you know because if if the lord led me to go to a rally a black lives matter rally or whatever if he did because i haven't got the unction to go and i'm not finna go um, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, um, but if the Lord ever told me to go out there, my goal wouldn't be out there to, 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 to be with those sign saying black lives matter. My goal wouldn't be out there to be, you know, standing, you know, in solidarity with other black people telling you know, stop killing that. I wouldn't, that wouldn't be my, my job out there. I'm going to just let you know. So if you see me out there at a rally near you, just know that I'm not out there for that. Because if I have a bullhorn, the Holy Spirit is going to give me the, 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 I'm going to be preaching the Lord. I'm going to be everybody. This ain't just for the white folks. This is for everybody out here. Do you know Jesus? Because y'all know we got black folks out here that swear that black people are closer to God because of this nonsense about Jesus being black and all of this mess. Y'all know that. So that's a whole other post for another day. Y'all got a lot to unpack because woo child, the, the, the lies that Satan puts out there in the, in the, in the world, the lies. So, yeah, that that's that's my goal as a Christian. You know, um, we have to check our 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 motives. We have to say, you know, am I truly wanting these people to be saved or do I just want them to stop acting a certain way? Do I just want them to see their privilege? Because we think, oh, you're being too spiritual. You're being too deep. No, you got to talk about, you know, worldly topics. You got to talk about white privilege. You got to talk about, you know, like. Yeah, but no. Yeah, but no, like. People need to know Jesus. They, that's that's their biggest goal. If they're not saved, you can talk about white privilege all day. If their soul is not anchored in Jesus, you can talk about white privilege all day. You can talk about the disparities between women and men um, and their pay, gender equality pay. You can talk about, you know, racial, you know, 
get paid. You could talk about all these little stupid things that you talk about. And nobody, nobody has heard the gospel message. Nobody. But you got your point across about how you tired of being treated a certain way because, you know, you know, you black and a woman and make 60 cent less than your white counterpart. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't want to demean or, you know, how you, you feel about stuff, but it just like we, the focus is off y'all. The focus is off. And you talking about the church, you talking about the real body of Christ, the real body of Christ don't have time to be focused on these, these trivial things. We understand that folk got to get to heaven. And I'm guilty of not being as serious about getting folks to heaven as I should, because I'm more concerned about being comfortable, but we got to stop being so focused on these, these trivial matters that people souls are, are being sent to hell every day. But we talked about, we got certain things off our chest, but we didn't give them the gospel. I'm talking about talking about sin, hell, and what Jesus did to make a way you know, talk about how we were objects of wrath. You know what I'm saying? We don't talk about that. We just like saying, oh, Jesus is real. And, you know, you know, he loves you. And, you know, God bless you. And, you know, if I give you a bottle of water that I showed the love of Jesus, like you can, anybody can give anybody a bottle of water. An unsaved person can give me a bottle of water on a hot day. That don't mean that they know Jesus. I mean, that's a nice gesture, but that don't necessarily put Jesus in my mind. It's just like, oh, appreciate you. There are kind people in the world. Like when you see videos on YouTube all the time where somebody did something kind or nice, some CEO, you know, did something kind and nice for, for an employee or whatever the case is, you know what I'm saying? Like that being generous is not necessarily a, a, a sign that you're saved or love Jesus or like that you're for real about the things of God. So let's stop thinking that, you know, that, 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 uh, that's that that's saying you know preach the gospel but use words if necessary people are kind of divided on it i think people are like oh, you don't have to say nothing you just be kind and just show love and people will know that jesus is real that's not true i don't i don't i don't i don't agree with that because you got to preach you got to open your mouth preach the gospel exhort you know what i'm saying exhort you know encourage uh, rebuke that all of those words mean, uh, speak, open your mouth. Rebuke don't mean sit there and just non-verbally do something. Rebuke means, Hey, um, you're going the wrong way. Cause that ain't cool. Figure it out. And you know, say that that's yeah. But who, who talks about that? Who, you know, no, no, no. We just gotta, you know, be kind and we just gotta, you know, you know, give out some, some, some snacks to, you know, the local elementary school. And that's us showing the love of Christ. That, that psh, listen, we are so far off the mark with stuff like that. I'm telling you, it's a mess. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's my rant for the day. Um, maybe y'all listened, maybe y'all didn't cause I was all over the place, but yeah, that's, that's my, that's my tweet for the day. Um, uh, rather long, rather way over 140 characters, but y'all get the point. So yeah. Anyway, I hope this message was a blessing to you and um, I will see y'all on episode nine.